Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, What a Savior.
be careful in reading the Word of God to find out what it really says. How many people there are who have false ideas of the Bible simply because they think the Bible says something that it does not say at all. If you could speak to the average man in the street, he would probably say that there is such a being as the devil, and he is to be found in hell. Yet the Bible teaches that the devil has never yet been in hell. The man would probably also say that the devil is in hell and is occupied as the chief torturer for the wicked. Yet the Bible clearly shows that when the devil is finally cast into the lake of fire, he will be tortured and tormented. Scores of like instances are to be found in people who have picked up casual impressions as to what the Bible is supposed to say. A science professor in a leading university once asked a preacher how to answer the criticism of non-Christians who laugh at the Bible because it taught that disease was communicated by demons instead of by germs, as science has demonstrated. You do not need to be much of a Bible student to know that no such teaching appears in the Word of God, yet this college professor did not know this simple fact. Never bow to the arguments of an agnostic against the Bible without checking the facts. For agnostics are often notoriously ignorant concerning the Bible. You will find that they know practically nothing about the Bible, yet they'll be ready to die that certain things are in Scripture until you can show them the passages for themselves. Of course, to be able to do this, you must be thoroughly familiar with the Word of God yourself. Some time ago, Clarence Darrow, the atheistic attorney, was questioning William Jennings Bryan. He asked, You believe the story of the flood in the Bible to be literally true? I do, sir, replied Bryan. Well, Mr. Bryan, the Bible says every living thing that was not taken on the ark with Noah was drowned in the flood. Do you believe that? I do, including all the fish that were left behind. Brian uncomfortably replied, It says every living thing, and I am unwilling to question it. We cannot help but wish that both Darrow and Brian had read their Bibles more carefully. When Darrow said the Bible says every living thing that was not taken in the ark with Noah was drowned in the flood, he was simply showing his ignorance of what the Bible really does say. Further, when Brian answered that he was unwilling to question it, he was admitting to a weakness of the Bible that is not there at all. In fact, the Bible does say in Genesis 7.21-23, And all flesh that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beasts and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man and all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in dry land died. And every living creature and every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things, and the fowl of heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth. Make a habit of finding out what the Bible really says. Study the Word of God and you will find that it is truly an anchor that will hold. Listen now as Eddie Piper sings for us this beautiful song entitled, Yesterday, Today, tomorrow.
Yesterday he died for me. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday he died for me. Yesterday, yesterday he died for me. Died for me. This is his story. Today he lives for me. Is victory. Tomorrow he comes for me. He comes, he comes. Tomorrow he comes for me. He comes. Tomorrow he comes for me. Comes for me. This is mystery. Oh friend, do you know him? Know him? Know him? Oh friend, do you know him? Know him? Oh friend, do you know him? Do you know him? Jesus Christ, the Lord. Jesus Christ, the Lord. Jesus Christ, the Lord. You're listening to Join the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We pray that as you listen to our broadcast this morning that you are encouraged and that you and your family are getting ready to attend a good Bible teaching Sunday school and church. If you don't have a church of your own to attend, we invite all who are seeking a Bible-honoring, Bible-teaching church to join us for services. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Here with many classes for the various age groups. We also have a supervised nursery for little ones for all of our services. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. Then at 6.45, we begin our closing service of the day, our evening fellowship hour. It is important that Christians gather together to study God's Word. Listen now as Randy Bickle plays for us on the piano this lovely song, Grace Medley.
Managua, Nicaragua, which was devastated by an earthquake, was one of the more beautiful cities of Central America, located on the shore of a volcanic lake. The scenery was spectacular. The central part of the city before the earthquake was a beautiful city with wide streets and boulevards. This was due partly to the fact that the entire city was destroyed by an earthquake years before. And when it was rebuilt, the streets were widened and the buildings were more modern than those of the other cities. But with that and several other earthquakes as a warning, you would think that the people there would forever abandon that particular city as a place too dangerous to live. Instead, the president announces that Managua would be rebuilt on approximately the same site. We shake our heads in disbelief and say, I never would want to live there. Others, though, will soon come to build and live and do business and soon forget the danger until another earthquake does the same or worse. Though you might not want to build a house on an earthquake-prone site, that may be exactly what you're doing with your life. The Lord Jesus Christ told the parable of two men who built their house, one on sand in a flood-prone area and the other on a rock. When the storms came, the results were predictable and the application is obvious. The Lord Jesus Christ is a rock of ages, the only one not shaken by earthquake, flood, or storm. Build your life on Christ as your foundation, and you have a guaranteed stability and eternal permanence. Listen to the words of the song as John DeLapp sings, Till the Storm Passes By. In the dark of the midnight Have I oft hid my face While the storm howls above me And there's no hiding place Mid the crash of the thunder Precious Lord, hear my cry Keep me safe Till the storm passes by Till the storm passes over Till the thunder sounds no more Till the clouds roll forever from the sky Hold me fast and let me stand in the hollow of thy hand Keep me safe Till the storm passes by Oh listen, many times Satan tells me That there's no use to try For there's no end of sorrow there's no hope by and by But I know, listen, thou art with me And tomorrow I'll rise Where the storm never darkens the sky Till the storm passes over Till 
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth, Temples. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The first two usage of the word temple was a physical building in Jerusalem. Another usage of the word was a reference to the physical body of the Lord Jesus Christ, John 2.18. What is 2 Thessalonians 2.4 reference to when it states one sitting in the temple of God? The second temple of Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD, and as of February the 2nd, 2020, it has never been rebuilt. Is 2 Thessalonians 2 4 a historic reference to something that happened prior to 70 AD? Is it a historic reference to Antiochus called Epiphanes, who desecrated the second Jewish temple in 167 BC? The actual desecration of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem by Antiochus called Epiphanes occurred in December 167 B.C. It occurred when the sacrifice in the Jewish temple were forcibly caused to cease. A Greek altar was erected in the temple. During this time, Antiochus issued coins with the title Epiphanes, which claimed that he manifested divine honors. It showed him as a beardless individual wearing a diadem. Of course, the Jews recaptured the temple. They started the feast, the dedication of lights, and we know that is Hanukkah. Or is Second Thessalonians 2, 4 a prophetic reference to something that is going to happen in the future? 2 Thessalonians 2.4 is not a historic reference to Antiochus called Epiphanes, but rather it is a prophetic reference. In other words, this event awaits a future fulfillment. The Bible is very clear. There is going to be a rebuilt Jewish temple in Jerusalem. For this temple to be accepted by the Jewish nation, it can only be located in the city of Jerusalem and on the Temple Mount. Today, the Temple Mount area includes the Dome of the Rock, a Muslim mosque, and the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall. The Dome of the Rock is sacred to the Islamic religion because it is taught from this spot that the Prophet Muhammad ascended to heaven. The Wailing Wall is the only remains of the second Jewish temple, which the Roman general Titus destroyed. If this area is sacred to the Muslims, how can a Jewish temple be built there? First, because the Bible, the Word of God, clearly predicts that this will happen. And secondly, the coming Antichrist will allow the nation of Israel to build a temple there. The Antichrist is going to enter in a peace covenant with Israel and allowing them to rebuild the temple. 
truly, since he will allow the temple to be rebuilt, and at the same time, he must calm the world over such a move. There will be a rebuilt Jewish temple in operation in the city of Jerusalem during the 70th week of Daniel, the seven-year tribulation period. This rebuilt temple will allow the unbelieving nation of Israel to resume their temple worship, animal sacrifices, and priesthood. Questions will be raised. Why a temple? Why another Jewish temple? Why does the nation of Israel want or need another temple if the sacrifice of Christ was once for all? The future unbelieving nation of Israel will not accept the completeness of Christ's sacrifice. So when given the opportunity, they will build a new Jewish temple. The Jews rejected the Lord Jesus Christ during his first coming during his earthly ministry. John chapter 1 verse 11. They rejected him. They did not believe he was God. They did not believe that he was their Messiah. As they concluded that he was a blasphemer. In fact, today the unbelieving Jew still rejects him. And they are still looking and waiting for their coming Messiah. John chapter 5 verse 43. I come in my Father's name and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. With the new Jewish temple, they will begin again the sacrificial system under the Old Testament law. The temple will be rebuilt in operation by the 220th day of the tribulation period. Then for the next approximately 1,040 days, there will be Jewish sacrifice in the temple. While the unbelieving nation of Israel performs these sacrifices, the believing remnant, the believing Jews, will use the book of Hebrews to explain the once-for-all sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in the middle of the week, in the middle of the tribulation period, after three and a half years, the Antichrist will appear in the temple stating that he is God and he will cause all sacrifices to cease. He who was the man of sin will become the son of perdition. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, the word temple here is a reference not to the building. It is a reference to the innermost sanctuary. It is a reference to the Holy of Holies. The future Antichrist is going to sit in the temple of God. He's not just going into the building, but literally into the Holy of Holies. Today, there is no Jewish temple in Jerusalem, which means there will be one built for the Antichrist to appear in it. In the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, we read these words, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abomination he shall make it desolate. Even to the consumption that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Who is the identity of the he of Daniel 9.27? Some teach it is Antiochus called Epiphanes. Others believe that it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Both of these interpretations are incorrect and biblically wrong. The sacrifice and the oblation ceasing is a reference to blood and blood sacrifices. The he of Daniel 9.27 is not a reference to the Messiah, the prince of Daniel 9.25, but the prince, lowercase, of Daniel 9.26. It's the Antichrist. The he of Daniel will make a covenant with the nation of Israel. The Lord Jesus Christ never made, nor will he ever make a covenant with Israel. What is the Antichrist's motive to stopping Israel's sacrifice in the temple and to desecrate the temple? His desire is to be worshipped as God. Read Daniel chapter 
chapter 11, verse 36, he will exalt himself and magnify himself above every God. Oh, we need to understand God's word. We need to rightly divide it, issuing understanding the temple. We're going to continue looking at this subject and then show you what the temple of God is, the dispensation of grace. been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is the